0: a type-rated commercial pilot and flight instructor.
1: And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot.
0: And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial.
1: So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Aviation Mentors Podcast. Some exciting news, as you can tell by our intro today. I am officially a type-rated pilot in the Albatross. I got my sign-off last week from the training I did, and... I got to uh, to go go to a DPE and he got me signed off for SIC type in the Albatross last week. So officially on my new certificate, I'm pretty excited about it. It's something I've wanted for a long time and it's just very interesting that my my first type rating is such an obscure plane. A G111 is the type rating and it's obviously there's not very many people that have that. I don't I only know one other pilot that has or actually I know two other pilots that have type ratings in that plane. So I'm really interested to see to meet another person who might have one. It's a really obscure plane to get it in, so I'm pretty stoked about it.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty cool. Maybe someone will see it and think it's a Gulfstream for that G, but no, you get to tell them it's the Albatross. That's exciting. <laughs> exactly.
0: But today we are not going to be talking about the Albatross as much as I would like to. We're going to be talking about what something everyone, almost everyone, wants to put themselves through, and that is instrument training. Instrument training is. A fantastic skill to, uh, to go through. It's something that I believe every pilot should have, is which is an instrument rating. I think that it really develops your skills as a pilot and lets you kind of learn something on the next level. It will make you a way better pilot, way better than VFR pilot, and it'll give you some extra tools in your bag to get out of some tricky weather.
1: Brennan, I haven't completed all of my instrument training just yet, but from what I have done, I can tell you that's not for the faint of heart learn how to fly it was kind of like learning a brand new language but learning how to fly instrument it's like writing a textbook in this language so from learning how to avoid listening to your body with things like spatial disorientation to reading instrument charts getting your instrument rating is a complicated one and that's pretty much the reason i'm still not done with it yet it's a pretty complicated one but as a cf double i what do you typically see students struggle with in their instrument training
0: so i see a lot of students struggle with a lot of things Uh, I would say fixation is a really big one. They stay fixated on one instrument or another. The only way to get through that is to develop a scan. I actually like the music pattern scan. It's where you go like one and two and one and two, and everything goes back to the attitude indicator because the attitude indicator tells you everything you need to know about kind of what the airplane's doing. It tells you if you're climbing, tells you if you're descending, tells you if you're straight and level, tells you if you're turning. Tells you a whole lot of things that you don't even think about that your other instruments also tell you. So I would say fly that attitude indicator. That's pretty key. You may need to make sure you do that. And also task overloading. You're going to get overloaded by different tasks and different things. One one big thing you get task overloaded with is when you're doing that instrument approach. Now you're not just uh, not just scanning your instruments to make sure you're staying on certain headings or certain. just different parts of the approach. You also have to read a chart. You also have to tune some radios. You have to verify that you're using the correct equipment. You have to make sure you get ATIS. You have to talk to ATC and fly the airplane. And then if you're a CFII, you also have to train and teach somebody how to do all those things at the same exact time. So, there's a lot of stuff that comes together in an instrument flight. And and if you're not using a GPS or things like that, you're also having to identify cross radials and There's a lot of things that happen with instrument training. So Carson's right. It is like learning a second language or writing a textbook in the new language, so to speak. It's really just additional information that you have to process just as quickly. And now over time, it becomes second nature, just like it it does or has during your private pilot training. So don't let it discourage you from continuing on. Some people, it's actually easier than learning how to fly. For me, it was incredibly difficult because I struggled with the navigational aspects of private pilot flight training compared to instrument training. Instrument training was a lot harder for me. How about you, Carson? I know you've done a bunch of instrument training so far, and I know you just need to do the final sign-off and paperwork and stuff, but what was difficult for you?
1: For me, it's been pretty much everything on the ground, everything to do with things that you study on the ground and things that you try and get through with that those knowledge courses. So for me, I've had a really hard time understanding charts. Um, I know all the information's right there, but trying to flight plan and create a flight plan with those charts, it just seems like it's a a really difficult task for me. And I'm not sure quite how to overcome that one aside from just throw more time at it. Uh, But that's been my struggle. But what did you struggle with during your flight training?
0: Number one was my scan. I looked all over for a different scanning method than even what I had a few different instrument instructors because I took forever to get it done. Like what Carson's doing, taking forever to get it done. I was no different. It took me like a year and a half to get it done, but I was doing it slow and steady. I wasn't doing it as a career or anything like that. I just wanted to get it done at some point, but I struggled on my, on fixation. I wasn't flying a heading. I was trying, I was chasing needles. A lot of people do. They chase needles rather than fly a heading and intercept the needle and then change your heading again. That's a big one. So I was, I was chasing needles and I didn't have a proper scan developed. Those are the two biggest things for me. And I would say those are probably the biggest things for most people that, to struggle on. You just really need to develop that scan. And like I said, the music pattern, I go from attitude indicator to airspeed, attitude indicator to turn coordinator, attitude indicator to heading indicator, attitude indicator to altitude, attitude indicator to rate of climb indicator. And then back to the attitude indicator. And notice I say attitude indicator a lot, it's because you should be looking at that instrument twice as much as everything else, or actually I guess that would be five or six times as much as everything else just because it tells you so much information. And if you're lucky enough to have a G5 or something that's digital in your cockpit or glass cockpit, then you're really looking at the attitude indicator all the time and you're developing a smaller scan around that instrument because that instrument literally tells you everything you need to know. It, it has all the scans involved. And going from plane to plane is a little bit different too, because you're going to have a different scan in every airplane, which is really an interesting thing to think about as well. And that's why I typically don't fly instrument on the first flight. I've flown a brand new airplane because everything's in different places potentially in your muscle memory and eye memory is just not keen to exactly where to look. Even if an instrument is an inch away from another instrument and another airplane, even though it's the same exact airplane, your scan is now off. It's gonna be harder to fly that airplane. So I struggled with the scan and I guess to a certain extent I still do because I can't just jump in any airplane because I can jump in any airplane, but it takes me a little bit longer to develop a brand new scan for that airplane to be able to fly it correctly and fly it well.
1: And that's the interesting thing about having the right scan and especially with fixation. When you're fixated on one instrument, Cool thing is that instrument is never going to change. You're going to be precise with it. The bad thing is every other instrument will. I've had a problem where I would stare. I'd stare at my airspeed indicator for so long, just making sure that was okay. And then I would stare at it and I'd look away and I would realize that I'm starting to turn. So that's the issue with fixation right there. But what do you recommend to students who are struggling with these common issues?
0: Carson, when we wrote up our script today, because we have like a basic script, he put do better question mark. And t- and to an ex- certain extent, it is correct. Yeah, you should do better. <laughs> Doing better means listen to your instructor. And what I always say, if your instructor is not getting you to that point, go find a different instructor. It's nothing against your current instructor. It just might be that they've taught you all the different ways that they know, and you need a another other way, not necessarily better, but just different way. That way you can learn how to fly whatever you're doing properly. So I say, go get a CFII who is really experienced in teaching people how to fly instrument. Get a CFII who has real world experience, those types of things. You need to just switch instructors usually if you're still struggling with some common issues like fixation or your scan is improper, or you need to like practice that music pattern outside of the cockpit. I know when I was learning how to fly, I needed to practice that that scan as well. So I bought a thing from sporties.com and it was a cockpit, a 172 cockpit picture. And I was able to sit at home whenever I was doing work or whatever. And I would look up at that and I would just practice scanning my instruments. So I would be looking from that attitude indicator to everything else and back and forth and back and forth. And that kind of helped develop my scan longer. Um, I also watched the Rob Manchato video about developing a scan and that really helped me a lot. And if you notice, I keep on talking about the scan, the scan. It's because the scan will correct almost all of your issues. And it'll also stop you from fixating on one instrument because now you're scanning all your instruments at all times. You won't be fixating on one particular instrument causing you to get off course. So make sure that you're developing that scan. Stopping with the fixation and getting a new CFWI if needed to be able to develop your skills a little bit better.
1: And as far as the CFIs, I know a lot of our listeners are CFIs and CFWIs. So, what advice do you have for these double eyes? Because obviously, there's a lot that's going into it.
0: There's really a lot of things that 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 go into it. And first thing I would say is don't don't get upset if a student wants to leave your training environment. Maybe just you weren't the right fit for them or you've taught them all you could. The thing is when you become a CFI, you've normally only been a CFI for a little while, or some instances you get your CFI and then your CFI, and then you start training students and you don't have almost any practice in actual IFR, or you just, you don't have any real world experience. So it's really difficult for you to go teach a student how to fly in a real world experience when you don't have that experience yourself. And it's just the nature of our industry, unfortunately, that you become a teacher before before you have all the experience. And in most industries, if you go to a college and you meet a professor, they have a bunch of real-world experience and now they're bringing that real-world experience to to the the learning environment and they're teaching based on real-world experience and not just the textbook. What we're doing as flight instructors and CFIIs, we're teaching real-world experience that we haven't experienced yet. So in essence, it's just the theory of it all. So I would say go practice IFR with a simulator Do that at home or do that in your flight school if they let you use it. Go do it often. I know at schools that I've been around, some of them will offer the simulator for free to the instructors just so they stay up on their IFR. Make sure that you're staying current. Make sure you're staying proficient. Actually, I... Say very current. So you can give your students some real world experience. When there's IFR, go fly in the clouds. As long as it's not icing or anything that precludes that, go actually give your students some real world experience and get some more for yourself. It'll make you a better flight instructor. It'll make you a better pilot. And you're going to be flying IFR all the time when you go to the airlines or you go to whatever future job that you have. You're not going to be flying VFR all the time. You're actually going to be filing IFR every single flight. doesn't matter if you're flying from here to 30 minutes away, you're filing IFR in the future. So go file IFR more often. VFR flights that you're just doing all by yourself or with another friend or pilot, file that as IFR, even if you're only flying VFR. That way you can get some real world experience of listening to ATC's commands. You're actually ensuring that you're following that GPS waypoint to waypoint or NAVAID to NAVAID. And you're actually practicing the skills that you're trying to teach your students because a lot of the time you've never done it yourself. I've noticed that with flight instructors, they're not confident in their abilities because they haven't done it. So go do it. Go get the experience. Go make sure that you understand how to file IFR and fly IFR in different experiences. I think it's really important that you do.
1: A lot of students, no matter the skill level, can they can tell when you know what you're talking about, and when you're able to stay current, you really just you're on top of it. You know what you're talking about. And about half the pilots in the United States, they opt to continue their flight training and earn their instrument rating. But of those, there's only about 15% that actually stay current. And as I'm working on my instrument rating, and although it gets challenging at times, there's lots of work involved. There is nothing like flying through that cloud layer, popping up to see sunshine on top. Personally, that's what keeps me going. But feel free to reach out to us and share your motivation for, for continuing on with your flight training or encourage other pilots with what you love the most about being a pilot.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you gained some insight on some challenges when it comes to learning to fly IFR. And that part of your flight training journey. It's a fun one. And it's probably one of the more challenging aspects of learning to fly. Thank you guys so much for listening today. If you'd like to reach out to either one of us, you can always reach us at Twitter, or Instagram at Mister Guy or at Carson underscore AV17. Or of course, where we prefer our emails, Brandon at AviationMentors.com or Carson at AviationMentors.com.
1: And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride.